a great goal! Ronaldo coming to life! Harry Kill! Nakamura! Brilliant from Messi! Kakar and Gerrard! Pressure now on Park Ji-sung. What pressure? Tim Cahill has done it again! What a goal by Tim Cahill! Welcome everyone, this is World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia. From fordiegos.com, my name's Rodrigo Rodriguez, and with me today is my co-host, Carlos Alberto Diego. Carlos, welcome to our weekly wrap of World Football. Thanks, Rodrigo, and hello to our listeners. On today's show, we'll wrap up all the latest World Football news, and we share a very special soft sombrero moment with Central Coast Mariner star Matt Ryan. So, Rodrigo, as always, as we do every week, it's another special show. It's going to be a huge show, uh, Carlos. Let's start with the hot topic of the week. And the hot topic of the week is the fact that Australia defeated Germany <laughs> yes. 2-1 in a friendly over there in München Gladbach um, in front of 30,000 people. The question I have is that was that revenge for the 4-0 drubbing that Germany uh, inflicted on Australia in Durban in South Africa in the World Cup, or was it just another friendly? No, it was a win, Rodrigo, but it wasn't revenge. <laughs> Not so revenge? I'm, I'm going to put another option in there. Right. It wasn't just another friendly because Germany don't like to lose any games. And, uh, you know, their, their side was still had, you know, at least 50% to 75% of their full side in there on home soil. They've only lost four games in 30 on home soil. So they don't take uh, lightly or kindly to the young upstarts or the older upstarts <laughs> from That's Australia right. yeah. cruising over to Monch and Gladbach and taking, well, if there were three points, taking three points away from, from I put them. to you that it was... There was a little bit of revenge for us. I mean, but like you said, beating Germany at home, they're a proud nation. They hadn't lost in a long time or they'd only lost a few. Beating a team like Australia to beat Germany, there was some revenge there. They looked really unhappy about uh, losing this game to Australia. I think the players did it more for Holger Ossik, the, uh, the German-born uh, coach of Australia who is not regarded all that highly over in Germany as it's come out this week, Rodrigo. And uh, it's his way of just saying... Just remember me, uh, the, the bloke who you're not you're not giving jobs to, you're not giving any uh, any opportunity. Don't rate all that highly. Well, I've just taken Australia, uh, a team from the so-called backwater of world football. That's right. Brought it, brought them into Munch and Gladbach against all odds and beaten the best German side that's leading the European uh, 2012 group handsomely at the moment, undefeated in their Euro group, and they just uh, a couple of days earlier beat Kazakhstan uh, 4-0. I must admit, looking at the start of this game, I thought they were really going to uh, towel the Australians up. That's just a figure of speech, and that means thrash the Australians. Schweinsteiger, Muller, Podolski, Gomez, Closer, still a very, very good team. They didn't have Ozil, Kadira, Balak and um, Lahm, but... Uh, you know, that's that's a pretty strong German side. But the second half, Holger Ossik must have said something to the Australians in the second half. They were 1-0 down, and then Carney and Wilkshire scored two goals in about two minutes. Um, they played a fantastic brand of football in that second half. They certainly did. But I, even in the first half, when we had our backs against the wall, Rodrigo, uh, you know, Mark Swartzer didn't have a save to make. Uh, right. Of note, uh, of course, he conceded a goal, but uh, they certainly didn't pepper the goals. They had a lot of the ball. So I think people overestimate how good Germany were in that first half. But in the second half, Australia really came to the fore. By the way, people talk about the, the outs for Germany, but how about Tim Cale? Probably possibly the best player this country's ever produced, Rodrigo. That's another. The most important player this country's ever produced did not play. That's another hot topic, Carlos, <laughs> I think. Who's the best player Australia ever produced? But uh, so, before we wrap this up, revenge or just another friendly? It wasn't revenge, Rodrigo, and it wasn't just another friendly. It was just a win, a well, good win uh, that's uh, built respect for the game uh, in this country and also respect for Australia on the world scale.
I feel some revenge in my blood. Thank you, Carlos. That was a hot topic. Don't forget, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can email us on 4diegos at bigpond.com. That's 4diegos, F-O-U-R-D-I-E-G-O-S. Or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 4diegos. Let us know your thoughts on the world game. Coming up, it's an Asia-Pacific, Australasian rap. This is World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia. The day after David Beckham was sent off for kicking Diego Simeone in the 1998 World Cup against Argentina, in many people's minds contributing to England's premature exit from the tournament, the Daily Telegraph in the UK wrote, The Versace sarong, posh spice, cool Britannia, look at me, what a lad, loads of money, sex and shopping, fame school, daytime TV, overcoiffed twerp, did not of course mean any harm. I think this journo took it rather badly, don't you think? Gee, I love this game. We are the Four Diegos. Welcome back. This is World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia, your weekly dose of world football. Coming up, it's a special soft sombrero moment with Central Coast Mariner star Matt Ryan. But first, Carlos, let's talk about the first leg of the O-League Grand Final between Amakal and Auckland City. It's on Saturday, the 2nd of April at 3pm Vanuatu time. It's going to be a big game, fantastic opportunity for Amakal to uh, win and uh, move into the Club World Cup if they do win this in the second leg. $500,000 US That's on offer good. here, Rodrigo. That's enough to uh, certainly uh, keep a team like Amakal up and running. Of course, Auckland City has been at the big show, the mm. World Club uh, Cup before on a couple of occasions and actually was uh, very good in the last one. They won two games at that World Cup Club Cup in uh, in Dubai. So, um, yeah, good luck to their, our friends from Vanuatu. Affinity uh, Masawakalo, the, uh, the, uh, one of their star players who's the top scorer. He's actually going for the golden boot, Rodrigo. Yes. A uh, bit of a sad case, but he's going to do it for his brother who passed away not so long ago uh, from leukaemia. So, uh, and he's... You know, he's uh, the team is really focused on on seeing whether they can uh, do it in do it do it in his brother's name, which will be fantastic. A great story if they can do it. Well, that's extra incentive. They're probably underdogs going into this because Auckland City are very strong. And but you know, Hikari United uh, last year from Papua New Guinea, they won, and uh, you know, the sky's the limit. So uh, the first leg of the grand final of the O League is on Saturday, the second of April, Amakal versus Auckland City. Let's talk about the Australian A League now, Carlos and. Uh, Gold Coast United, they've been a bit of a problem child, I think, uh, especially their owner and chairman, Clive Palmer, the billionaire mining uh, magnate, has basically um, come out and uh, he's downsizing his investment in the club because um, he thinks the current A-League model is unsustainable. They're saying that they'll misquote. Look, I think uh, red flags all over the place when it comes to uh, Gold Coast. It's time for the FFA to downsize the A-League and get rid of Gold Coast. They really are a team that all the vibes coming out of that area, they don't get enough people to the ground, to the game. They they never will. It's a scorched marketplace there now. And everything that comes out of that uh, of that club is so negative. And it really does portray the A-League as a bit of a Mickey Mouse competition. And it's not that's not the case. No. They've really got to move this club on. They're almost uh, you know, a club that uh, you, know, you can't see a future 
for that club in the A-League. Well, putting um, everyone on one-year contracts is uh, probably a, the first sign that... Uh, well, they're refuting that, Rodrigo. Okay. So uh, who's to say? I mean, it's a it's a hell of a misquote if, uh, you know, if they're saying it, they were misquoted. But uh, it's not an easy situation. There's been a number of situations. We'll take that at face value then, Carlos. Let's uh, talk about... Well, last week, our mail said that uh, Giancarlo Solizano from Brisbane Raw was uh, signing a deal with Melbourne Hart. But in fact, the Costa Rican is now headed to Melbourne Victory to uh, join his teammate, uh, um, Carlos Hernandez. His compatriot, uh, probably, uh, he, he loves, uh, loves the, the old uh, you know, fast food, Carlos Hernandez. Good player, but uh, carries a little bit of weight. Maybe talked about how good the fast food is in Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> and uh, one Carlos is uh, down playing for Melbourne Victory. Very good pickup. 11 goals in 13 games for Brisbane Raw, one of their stars. So amazing pickup. Uh, he's a lone player too. He's not a permanent, uh, you know. But then again, you know, Melbourne Victory have had uh, sort of a, a bit of a checkered uh, experience with their internationals uh, from overseas, their foreign players. So you never know how this is going to go. And some great news from some young guns uh, in the A-League. Uh, Robbie Cruz uh, leaves the Melbourne Victory for Fortuna Dusseldorf in, Dorf in Germany. And Adelaide United's uh, um, Lecky, Matthew Lecky, is off to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Fantastic. On the back of Australia beating Germany in Germany, a fantastic uh, opportunity for those two players. I'm loving this uh, off-season, Carlos. It's uh, lots of movement in the uh, the meat market, we call it. And the postponed uh, Sydney FC and Kashima Antlers uh, clash has been uh, rescheduled for the 13th of April um, at the Sydney Football Stadium. Thanks, Carlos. Remember, you can uh, email us on 4diegos at bigpond.com or on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 4diegos. Coming up, it's a special soft sombrero moment with Central Coast Mariner star Matt Ryan. This is World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia. Former Manchester United star, womaniser and self-proclaimed alcoholic George Best once said of Paul Gascoigne, He's accused of being arrogant, unable to cope with the press and a boozer. Sounds like he's got a chance to me. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diegos. Welcome back. This is World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia. Coming up is a wrap of all things happening in world football. But first, the 2010-2011 A-League season unearthed some great young talent, none better than our guest today. Please, a big Four Diego's World Football Weekly welcome to Central Coast Mariner star goalkeeper Matt Ryan. Welcome to the show, Matt. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Not at all. It's Rodrigo Rodriguez, and with me is my co-host, Carlos Alberto Diego. Now, 12 months ago, you were just a kid who could only dream of what might be. 12 months on, you've won the A-League Young Player of the Year Award. You won the Joe Marston Medal for the best player in this season's grand final. You're living the dream, and you kept the equal most clean sheets in this year's competition. How easy was that? <laughs> oh, easy. That's a bit of an understatement, I think. But, um, I mean, yeah, who, who would have thought? Uh, like you said, I was um, playing in New South Wales Premier League with Blackdown, basically uh, a nobody, and uh, football changes, changes dramatically, and... Um, uh, fortunately, it was in my favour, and uh, yeah, just all those achievements uh, that you just mentioned, um, I pinch myself every day. Uh, yeah, just can't believe that uh, I've had the year that I've had. Matt, it's Carlos. Now, of course, we all know now you've got a sock drawer full of uh, of medals, but one medal that's eluded you is the grand final medal. Now, obviously, you've, you've missed out on that in tragic uh, circumstances a few weeks ago. How are you dealing with the pain? Uh, is, is, it, is it enough to have a holiday to forget about it, or will it stay with you until you win one? Um, yeah, 
Uh, I think it would take uh, many more holidays yet to, to get over what happened, just considering the circumstances. But, I mean, I mean, the quicker we win one, the, the more uh, satisfying it will become. And uh, hopefully uh, the result that just occurred um, will make us hungrier next year to, to go one better. And uh, therefore, uh, these feelings that uh, we're, everyone's experienced at the moment up to the Mariners won't, be, uh, won't, be, uh, won't haunt us forever. Now, they won't haunt you forever, and, you know, the Diegos are always full of regrets, and uh, we still get haunted forever on a number of things. You know, how about you? Now, you know, in hindsight, you know, was there anything you and any of your teammates, you know, could have done to stop Eric Pardalou's header at the death in the grand final against Brisbane Raw? Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't really uh, had too much video analysis of it yet because um, it's, it's too early to, to assess, and everyone's still, still not over it. So we're just trying to get all the emotion out of the way and come back at the at the beginning of next year's season and uh, reassess where we went wrong and see what we can do to to uh, see what we can do better next time we're in, in that situation. But, um, yeah, like I said, uh, just reflecting on the game personally, I mean, being a goalkeeper in in that situation, in a, in a penalty shootout, you ask any keeper, they like to, to back themselves in penalty shootouts. So it's pretty pretty upsetting for, for myself that uh, I wasn't able to to save uh, a penalty at all in uh, those those closing stages, and um, I'm, I mean, yeah, like I don't don't really know what to say. Uh, I was just apologising to the to the marriage fans and all that for that. But I mean, the boys that missed their pens were all all gutted, and everyone was just devastated at the end. So not much. Not much I could say. Take it from us, Matt. You've got to stop beating yourself up. <laughs> this is not good. You know, we want you to. It's the off season now. Okay, you've done it for a couple of weeks. Move on. You had a fantastic season, and you know, there's not much more you could have done really in that grand final. Saving a penalty is hard at the best of times. Yeah, the precious goalkeepers around the world. That's you know, right. the glamorous type. They don't ever say sorry, Matt. So uh, <laughs> you don't need to say sorry. But mate, how, obviously it was. I mean, you played Brisbane Raw six times during the season. You were unable. You know, you got a couple of good results again. Them, but you didn't beat them, and uh, and you know there was not much between the two sides. Now, that does that say something about Brisbane Roar's just absolute top class ability to keep uh, performing consistently well at a high level, or the fact that you guys didn't quite get it right whenever you played them? Well, I mean, they were definitely the benchmark for the A League uh, this year and and through, through previous years. Um, I mean, the statistics speak for themselves. Yeah, they're twenty eight uh, unbeaten, twenty eight game unbeaten run now. And I mean, yeah, like I said, we had a we played them a fair bit this this year, and we were very close to to beating them on uh, a few occasions there. Um, the three all draw at Blue Tongue and even in the grand final and um, the the last semi final we played up there against them. We we had a lead that we. Uh, let let go as well, and um, I think we would have got the result against them in in that second semi if we weren't pushing on because we know we had to score another goal. I think we would have held out two one winners in the end, but I mean, woulda shoulda coulda doesn't really matter in the end. But um, mm. I mean, yeah, they're they're a great side. Ange, the way he's changed the club um, up there this year, uh, made it more professional, and uh, their statistics speak for himself. But um, I mean, we took a lot of a lot out of out of the games that we we played them, I and I think we got better each time we played against them. But um, in the end, they're just quality side, and they matched us. And I mean, they uh, they haven't been losing normal time in the, the past two occasions. So I mean, that's that's credit to to the Mariners and the coaching staff and everyone there for uh, for that. 
Here on World Football Weekly, we're speaking with Central Coast Mariner star goalkeeper Matt Ryan. Now, Matt, your rise to prominence was nothing short of remarkable. You know, you started the season as third-choice goalkeeper. Then you got the chance uh, when number one keeper Jesse Van Stratton got injured. How did you feel when Arnie said, hey, kid, uh, put on the gloves, you're in? Yeah, well, it was, uh, I didn't have much time to to realise the situation I was in because he actually uh, done his ACL the, the day before the game and um, it wasn't until after training that he found out that he'd be out. He just went into the tunnel and no one really really knew much what was going on and then at the end of the training session I found out that um, I'd be playing and uh, it still all felt surreal. I mean, on the bus to the game and all that and out in the field uh, there was a bit of, bit of nerves in the, in the stomach there but um, overall I, I enjoyed the occasion and uh, I just... Uh, try to enjoy every game there on, learn as much as I can to enable me to, to become a better keeper. Now, Matt, you're 18 years old, but you play like you're a 30-year-old goalkeeper, but you look like you're 12 years old. <laughs> now, mate, it's a bit confusing when we watch you play. You really look like they had a kid in goals, but uh, do you ever try, do, do the big centre forwards, you know, the big Aussie centre forwards in the A-League, do they ever try and rough you up at corners and, and bully you a bit? And how do you deal with that if they do? Oh, no, you just you just try to let it all uh, go aside. There's a couple of bit of banter going on uh, here and there, but you just yeah, you, you can't focus on that because one lapse of concentration, um, you could you could be punished. Uh, and that that I learnt that uh, through this season through a couple of hiccups that I had. But um, yeah, there's, I try to make myself uh, look scary as possible. But that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it'd be it'd be hard when um, you know I'm such a such a young boy and uh, I, I, I don't look. Uh, much older than what it is anyway so I mean I do my best but just in the end uh, bite the bullet and just go with what you got Listen mate you've got to get a couple of tats <laughs> and you've got to ruffle up that hair that hairstyle's just too nice at the moment Let it grow out yeah. <laughs> no, I've, got a, I've got a couple of tattoos actually oh. this year you can't see them okay. <laughs> Of course what 18 year old hasn't these days <laughs> yeah, That's exactly right Exactly. Now behind every great goalkeeper is a great goalkeeping coach in your case it's John Crawley you know, an Aussie keeper who spent yep. a lot of time playing in South America. How much of an influence has John been? And has he spent uh, any time teaching you how to do a scorpion kick like the great Renahe Gita or taking good penalty like Jose Luis Chilave? I mean, everything I owe that I've achieved to date in my career has been uh, thanks to, to John Crawley. Like, when I first became a keeper, he was the, he was the first goalkeeping uh, coach who, who I had and that was at the age of, of uh, when I was 12 and... Um, Seven years on, six years on down the track now, uh, where I'm at, and that's all, all thanks to him. And yeah, like you said, he's very South American uh, influenced. Played uh, Colo Colo there for a bit. So, I mean, not just myself, but every young keeper that comes into training, he's always teaching. Yeah, that uh, scorpion side volley uh, <laughs> kick, as we call it, and uh, it, it, uh, it's probably the most effective kick in, in the game. I mean, some people would argue, but if you if you can master that skill, it can really be a good asset to your game. Now, Matt, uh, we've talked about you living the dream during this interview and, the, and during the whole season, but uh, there were one or two moments where you lived a bit of a nightmare where you mentioned earlier you fumbled one or two. Uh, one from memory was Melbourne victory. I think there was another against Sydney uh, FC. I mean, Arnie, we've talked to Arnie about this before, and he says, no, no, you've got to give the kid a chance. But how did you feel inside, uh, given that you're apologising for, for not being able to save a ball in the grand final? I'm, I'm assuming you took it pretty hard. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm a realist. I'm real uh, harsh on, on myself, and uh, obviously the position that I'm in, being a goalkeeper, uh, 
the mistakes that you make are more obvious to, to what a fuel player is. But um, I'm learning to uh, not let it uh, have too much of an effect on, on my first, like, like afterwards and, and all that. I'm dealing with that. But, um, I mean, those first couple of mistakes, was, yeah, I was pretty down on myself. But, I mean, all the boys in Arnie gave me their support and uh, I couldn't have imagined a better bunch of guys to, to have been with. And, um, like you said, like, Mistakes happen in uh, the English Premier League that you see happen. I mean, so they, they do happen everywhere in the world. It's just how you bounce back from that. And um, I like to think that I uh, bounced back in the next games with a, with a good uh, good performance and uh, gotten over those mistakes. So it's just dealing with uh, the aftermath of, of the mistakes, which is uh, vital uh, uh, being a goalkeeper. We'll take that on board too, because uh, we never make mistakes here in the <laughs> 48 days. Um, now, just before we let you go, uh, man, it's been great speaking with you. The, uh, we, were talking about hair, we were talking about hairstyles before. Mustafa <laughs> Amini, you know, the, the, the kids are off to Germany. Have you heard anything from him? And uh, is he a bit of a, you know, something that you'd like to do, you know, in the future? Well, the Diego's know you're his disco buddy. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, what are you going to do about going to the clubs in Gosford without, uh, without Mustafa around? Yeah, well, well, he's only 17, so he hasn't been allowed out. <laughs> legally, legally, he's legally. not allowed to. But I mean, I mean, full credit to him. That it's worked for him. Look at the profile he's uh, he's picked up uh, from yeah, from from his hairstyle and obviously his <laughs> ability to play football. Um, but no, he's definitely a great character to be around. Always a smile on his face, a bit of a clown. Uh, Ronald McDonald. Uh, <laughs> If I if there was ever a pinup boy for uh, McDonald's, I think he'd be the he'd be the real human being to uh, <laughs> to Ronald McDonald. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, he's a great kid. Um, all those young boys stick together, kind of uh, the Mariners and all that. So we're all good mates, and yeah, he's he's no different. Well, Matt, uh, really appreciate your time uh, today. It's uh, fantastic to see you this season. You had a fantastic season. We um, we, we were uh, really sad that you guys ended up losing uh, that grand final. But, uh, you know, onward and upward, next year's a different season. So thanks for your time here on World Football Weekly. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me. That was a special soft sombrero moment with Central Coast Mariner star goalkeeper Matt Ryan. Next up, it's a global football update, so stay tuned. This is World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia. When English football manager Chris Turner was asked about what he says to his players to fire them up for a big game, he said, I tell the players we need to win so I can have the cash to buy some new ones. It goes without saying that Chris hasn't won many games. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diegos. Welcome back. This is World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia, your weekly dose of world football. Don't forget, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can email us on 4diegos at bigpond.com or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash 4diegos. Let us know your opinion on the world game. We'd really welcome it, Carlos. And uh, you're very, very busy on Twitter, I've noticed <laughs> recently as well, twitter.com forward slash 4diegos. Manchester City, Carlos, um, Mario Balotelli, the problem child, um, the Italian um, of African origin, um, apparently threw a dart at youth team players, um, according to a report coming out of uh, Britain. Happily, apparently, the, the, the players he threw the dart at, that he aimed the dart at, he targeted them. Right. They didn't get hit. They're fine. 
I'm not sure about the plays he didn't uh, target, but uh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, oh, this uh, this player, I'm sick and tired of hearing how great, how, how much of a prodigy he is, and how fantastic a player he is. Uh, he's just got to grow up. But Italy dropped him from his from their Euro 2012 uh, team. Uh, purely because they want him to grow up. He just uh, seems to have a problem every week. I mean, only a couple of weeks ago where uh, he couldn't put his training bib on properly. Well, that, that's right. The reason I mentioned that he was of African origin, because when he was in Italy, he was the target of some you know pretty serious racial abuse um, because of his African origin. Yep. So, um, but, you know, and we were prepared to say, look, all this boy needs is a hug. And uh, he might be okay, but he just keeps putting himself in these situations and uh, he's going to find himself on the scrap heap if he doesn't uh, fix this. Yeah, exactly. His talent will only take him so far and it's taken him a long way, uh, but he's still young enough, but I'm not sure whether he's got the maturity to change, Rodrigo. He's only 20 years old Mm. and... uh, AC Milan striker Zlatan Ibrahimovic has actually questioned whether Mario Balotelli can actually reach his potential at uh, Manchester City. Um, well, Zlatan, what's, what's that about? Well, Zlatan's had his problems too over <laughs> the right. years, and he's in his you know nearly thirty years old, if not around about the thirty mark. So he's you know got no excuse, but uh, he's had his uh, moments where he's uh, been trouble at his local clubs. But who knows why he's commenting on that? Uh, there is talk about him possibly going to Manchester City. Uh, he actually left uh, Barcelona in acrimonious circumstances. I mean, how do you leave Barcelona in acrimonious oh, circumstances, Rodrigo? There's no acrimony at uh, Barcelona. Oh, it's just beautiful football the whole time. And uh, it hasn't been overly happy there. Oh, sorry, AC Milan hasn't been overly happy there. So there is talk about him going to Manchester City, but who knows? Yeah, I agree. Why is he giving? advice on that sort of stuff. But uh, let's talk uh, about the state of play in the major leagues in Europe. Let's start with the EPL. Manchester United on top. Still, you know, five points ahead uh, of of Arsenal. Chelsea are third and uh, Man City are in fourth position. Um, It's not going to change by the end of the year, do you think? Well, maybe Man City might drop out depending on whether the Bellatelli and other problem childs have their you know, brain explosions like Carlos Tevez or whatever. But man, United, Arsenal, Chelsea. Chelsea's coming home with wet sail at the moment, so that, that'll be interesting. And the relegation uh, battle looks pretty serious with about... Uh, oh, the bottom 10 clubs are within 10. six points. That's right, interesting. In La Liga, Barcelona and Real Madrid are where they normally are. With Barcelona five points ahead, um, they look like taking out... Playing minutes. too well to drop any points there, Rodrigo. And uh, what about in Italy? Milan, uh, two points ahead of Inter Milan, and uh, Napoli are still there in uh, third position. They could take out Lo Scudetto, as they say. Well, Rodrigo was there in 85 when they uh, won with the great Maradona in their side. So uh, I've got a soft spot spot for Napoli. Hopefully they can uh, come late. I'm a bit sad to say, Carlos, my team Bari is on the bottom here. That's uh, not good. They, they are definitely going to get relegated. They're about nine points behind Brescia. So they're gone. Yes, yeah, so look at the Bari. That's unfortunately where they usually belong uh, in the Italian city. <laughs> Thank you very much, Carlos. That's it for this week's show. You can join Carlos and I from fordiegos.com for your dose of world football every week here on World Football Weekly on ABC Radio Australia. Until next week. Olé! Olé!